Father, we thank you for this time. We give thanks to you, not just this past week, but just in all, all times, Lord. We rejoice always and give thanksgiving to you. Thank you, Father, for your rich blessing of life and life to the full that you've given us here as a part of your family. And now as we gather as a family, may we worship you and see you. Bring us to a greater awareness of your holiness and awe and wonder of you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. What are you sensing the Lord saying right now? As we've been worshiping him, lifting up the name of Jesus, getting ourselves into that understanding and awareness of the eternal realm. What's he saying to you right now? Could you go ahead and just be seated for just a minute? Um, we're going to have baptism in a, in a few minutes. Uh, I, I just went to Josiah and I said, I think that we need to have a time of the body speaking out over the body right now for just a few minutes. And um, uh, we're planned to have the baptism first, but um, it's not working out for us to do that just yet. So I think all of, all of that happened just at the same time there around Josiah. So I think we've got our confirmation there. I want to ask the question. Those of you that are, are mercy-motivated, uh, sensing what's on God's heart with people in the room, what are you sensing right now? Is there, is there any sense of uh, uh, what the need of the people right now is? Any, anybody willing to speak out what you're getting there? Okay, Bobby. Welcome, Bobby. It's good to have you back. It's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, get over it and move on. Okay. Whoa. You, you better say that on the mic. Come, come here. Just speak that out. So it. it I believe God is saying to us to get over our offenses and move with him into the promised land. Regardless of if we understand anything that's happened, what's going on, if you sense the essence of a bigger God than what you have experienced, Move with him in that without understanding. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Anybody in here need that word? Anybody sense that somebody in here needs that word? Okay. Someone there that needs it. All right. Good. You got it. Anybody else? I feel, feel joy. I feel a lot of joy. I think people have let go. I feel like people have let go. Thank you, Holly. People have let go. So receive that. Anybody here relate to that one? Okay, look at there. All right. Right on target. Thank you. You're getting used to it, Holly. You are, and you're doing so well with it. Okay, what about prophetically? Okay, Margaret Ann. 
say that again. We don't have to clean up anymore to come to Jesus. We don't have to clean up anymore to come to Jesus. That's really good. That's kind of like feeling like you need to go hose off with the hose before you take a shower. <laughs> when you come to Jesus, he cleans you up, right? Amen. Anybody need that? Wow, that's good. What about prophetically? Josiah? <laughs> hey, Will. Will. <laughs> you are a man of courage. You are, you are a con you're, you're William. We tell the other William this all the time, but that's a conquering warrior. And you've, you've been knocked down, but what, a conquering warrior isn't one who's never been defeated. It's one who's able to get up and keep pushing the fight and keep taking the fight to the enemy, regardless of the circumstances. So that word that Bobby said was also for you. Whatever has been coming against you in your life, the things, the challenges, the frustrations, your self-doubt, your questions about yourself, those are all from the enemy because God sees you as a conquering warrior. and He's giving you everything you need. So when you trust in him, get over it and get on with him, then he's going to give you the power and the strength you need to continue the fight, take the fight to the enemy, and you're going to see huge breakthroughs in your life because of your dependency on, on the Father. So that's for you, bro. <clears throat> Jacob. Shivili. Like your namesake, you've asked to see the Father. You've asked to see God, and he's shown himself to you. But like your namesake, that was a, that's been a process of wrestling and battling, and, and he's even touched your hip. Not necessarily your hip, but he's touched you in a way that it has, it has marred you. It has impacted you. You walk with a limp. But also, just like your namesake, your Father, the Father in heaven, has blessed you. He's given you a blessing, and he's given you a new name, and you are his people. And in the same way that, you, you, that Jacob blessed his disciples, descendants, God has given you the ability to the bless your both your physical descendants and your spiritual descendants. And, and we can see the, the fruit of that as you've blessed the worship ministry that comes out of here. You have been blessing that and it comes because of your obedience to the Father and your audacity to say, God, I want to see you and his willingness to wrestle with you. And you've come out of that and you've been blessed and you're going to see even more fruit of that. Jenna Claire, you're a firecracker. You're a firecracker. And I know I'm embarrassing you, but God's got a word for you. He's, you're, you are, I know you're embarrassed, and I know this is making you squirm, but you are not afraid of anything. You're not scared. And he's given you that fearlessness because he wants to give you his heart for people, and he wants you to go fearlessly and show his heart for people with your charisma and your firecrackerness. So walk in that. Fabio, right? Bro, you have so much wisdom. You are a wise, wise man. You don't even realize the wisdom that you have. But God is also, he's given you a spirit of foolishness as well. Because the things that normally, the things that, that the earth, like the, the people say is wise, you recognize that that is foolish because you understand what true wisdom is. So like when it says in the scripture that, you know, the cross, it confounds the wise, like you understand the foolish things of God that are actually wisdom. And God is giving you insight so that you 
you can share that with the people who actually are foolish in this world. Because you have a taste, you've walked in the other, you've walked in the wisdom of the world, but now you walk in the wisdom of the kingdom. And so now you're able to, he's giving you the ability to be able to relate to the people in this world who have the wisdom of the world, but they are fool, the, the cross seems foolish to them. He's giving you the ability to speak with worldly wisdom so that you can point them to the actual true wisdom. Um, for about a week, I've been hearing boundary lines, Johnny, for about a week or so. So when um, Bobby, Bobby's, I know Bobby. Oh, my goodness. So when Bobby said that, it, I just heard in my spirit that when Jesus is your boundary line, anything's possible. So step into him. He's your boundary, and you'll excel. So don't, you, you're not constricted you know, he, he, he's your constraint. He's the one that can constrain you and persuade you. So let him be your persuasion. Great yeah. Wow. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Lord. You know, we've got just the right folks here. God brought you here for a reason today. And uh, I know, um, y'all, you, you, you we just need to keep getting used to this kind of thing happening where... God is speaking to different ones in the fellowship, uh, calling what you sense in the room and what you uh, sense that the Lord is saying to individuals. Um, Because we're all meant to be ministers. Too long we've had a separation between clergy and laity. And God calls us all to be involved in ministry. So the newest convert is, is meant to be ready to be Use. Sorry, y'all, I, I didn't put the headset on before and do a sound check. So thank you, Jonathan, for catching me right now. Um, I just have uh, been caught up with what God's doing in the room. Let me just ask you, what do you sense outside of the room these days? What are you sensing is happening in the world around you, at your workplace, in families, with the friends? What are you sensing in this day? What, what's, what's your read on, this, on the current atmosphere? Chaos? Fear? Everyone's afraid? What? Depressed? Re- I still haven't heard it. I've got my hearing aids on. Regretful and worried? Dreadful. Y'all are really laughing now. <laughs> yeah, don't have ears to hear. Yeah. What? Confusion. Confusion. Darkness. Darkness. Somebody said equipping. That's good. So it's not just the negative, it's the positive too. And when you see the negative, start calling it up to the positive. So, so what we, when we are in the eternal realm, we can see more with more clarity. I was on the airplane this past week, and, and from a higher view, you can see everything. Call people up. Call the communities up to, to God's standard. I see a craving for righteousness even in the world. Craving for righteousness even in the world. Come on with that. Searching for hope. Searching for hope. Did somebody tell you what I was going to preach on today? I knew we would get there. 
That's a, that's a good way to put it. Not just hopeless, but searching for hope. Yearning for hope. Time to lift up your eyes. Good. It's that time. Ready for change. Ready for change. Turning of hearts. Y'all, this is prophetic. Walk in this this week. Anything else? A shift of power. <laughs> are are y'all getting encouraged? I'm getting encouraged. Wow. More than that, it's a revelation of real power. Revelation of real power. Y'all keep this up and I don't have anything else to, to share. You're hitting all my points. People are, are, are they're wanting a safe place. And so that's leading what? Leading them to know the Lord. People are craving purpose. People are craving purpose. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I would say people are looking for that safe place, and the world is offering it to them, and it's our responsibility to help show them the hope we have in the Lord so that they find their act the true safe place. So good. Yeah, amen. That's the Jesus boundary. Charlotte, I understood what you said this morning. <laughs> that was good. I'm not saying anything bad by that. I'm just saying that was good. Okay? Y'all, this is First Corinthians chapter 14. We're living it out right here in the room. This is church. Um, and, and there will be more of this as we go. But y'all, uh, last, uh, on Friday of this week, I, I, I've been out of town. How many of you knew that I was out of town? Because this will be an indicator of you knowing what I've been involved in. How many of you knew that I was out of town? Okay, let's try this way. How many of you didn't know that I was out of town this week? Okay, all right, good. Well, I'm gonna, I'll share with you a little bit about that. But I got back home uh, on, on Thursday night, and Friday I was walking out in the yard, and, and uh, I noticed some folks over at my, at my nephew Donnie's house uh, across the street from Donald's house. And I walked over there and talked to them, and they said, uh, hey, you remember uh, the party that we're having to celebrate Donald's 80th birthday? And I said, yes, I know. I, I know exactly. And they talked about it. We talked about it for a while. I went back home. This is on Friday. Went back home, got, got in, <clears throat> in there, and we celebrated our Thanksgiving on Thursday afternoon at 4 as a family. Friday, you know, Friday. Friday afternoon uh, as a family. And, and so 
uh, things were happening there. Someone said, hey, there's a lot of folks going over to Donnie's house this afternoon. Is that when they're doing the, the celebration for Donald's uh, 80th birthday? Now, I'd said to them when I came over there, they tried to talk to me across the, the way, and I couldn't hear them because I didn't have my hearing aids on. I didn't have ears to hear. And um, uh, I said, oh, yeah, it, it's tomorrow. And someone said, well, everybody's going in there and they're carrying stuff. And I said, no, it's tomorrow. Very affirmatively, strongly, y'all, I, I caused our whole family to miss Donald's birthday celebration <laughs> on Friday because I didn't hear what was going on. It was, it, I thought it was going to be on Saturday. And uh, so we missed it. Um, do we have ears to hear? Do we have eyes to see what's going on around us? Man, today, to be able to celebrate a baptism, isn't, isn't that precious? Isn't that special? What a, a living hope. This past week, on, uh, in fact, Sunday, last Sunday, after, I, uh, after we went home, I was scrolling on, on Facebook and I saw... Uh, you remember Alan Hawkins? How many of you remember Alan Hawkins? Yep. He's spoken here many times, our dear brother from uh, Albuquerque. I saw his wife had posted on Facebook, Our Precious Son. And I just loved it. I thought, that's great. And then I started reading down, and I, I realized um, in, there was about 10 comments. She'd only just posted it. But there's about 10 comments, and they, they seemed like they were consoling her. So I immediately just called Alan. I said, Alan, you okay? He, he answered. He said, no, not really. I said, what's going on? He said, what do you know? And I told him what I'd just seen. And he said, Johnny, our son, took his life last night. And uh, sorry to shock you with that. But I want to tell you, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I began weeping and sobbing was not very um, uh, very careful with what I was saying. I just was hit with the brokenness of that situation. I came out and I said, Debbie, I'm going. I'm going to Albuquerque. My family began to, to affirm that. And uh, Hannah got online and got the first flight out. It was on Monday. And I flew out to, to Albuquerque on, and got there on Monday night. And I got to spend... Uh, Monday night through Thursday morning in Albuquerque, I went to simply be with my brother. And I went as an extension of us. I let the elders know, I let a few other folks know, probably need to work on our communications when things like that happen. But because several of you were praying for me during that time, and I felt the presence of the Lord. But y'all, in the midst of that, I, I didn't have a lot of words. And and by the way, in those situations, when people are going through the brokenness and grieving and struggling, it's better that you have fewer words. I, I would even be careful about saying things like, um, uh, if there's anything I can do, or even just, I'm sorry. I mean, it can be as simple as Jesus. And, and when I'm in those situations, I sit there and nod or turn my head when they're Speaking, I just let them unload. And in one session, uh, I, I, I heard someone say, can you just tell people to be quiet? Because in, in our pain, we need each other. 
in our presence with folks. But y'all, I saw something out there in the midst of their pain. I saw a security in them in the depths of their pain. And, and, and I, I put a, a link on uh, New Horizons Worship, not New Horizons Fellowship um, Facebook page because they had a memorial service yesterday and Alan preached it. And his message was, we're going to kill some snakes today. And he jumped in there with both feet and started just tearing down what the enemy would say and preparing everyone to be secure in their foundations with the Lord. God can give us strength and can give us insight in how to do battle and wage war when the, when the enemy is, is, is intensively fighting. doesn't mean that they are okay. They're still grieving. They're still hurting. But they're living in a bit of stereo in pain and peace at the same time. That's possible. Now, you know because I've said in recent weeks that that I've been kept out in First and Second Thessalonians. And one of the themes through both of those books has, has been hope. So, Christina, that, 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 that word of hope was right in there, but we're not going to look at First and Second Thessalonians. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 15, and we're going to break something down here real quickly um, from, from Romans. Y'all, I want us to talk about how we can get hope at a time when the world around us might be hopeless or looking for hope. So Romans chapter 15. Well, I had that marked. <clears throat> Drop down to verse 13. This is the key verse for the whole thing. So we're going to talk about hope. Verse 13, we're going to read 1 through 13, but verse 13 is the center of it. In <clears throat> uh, this, y'all, Romans, is, it's Paul's letter to the, peop, the saints in Rome. And, and out of all of Paul's letters, this one is, is like if you were looking for a systematic kind of theology, something that covered all the bases. Paul had never been there. He's wanting to go see them and wanting to impart gifts to them, wanting to teach them. And he, he covers quite a broad spectrum of, of, of things about theology. This is a good theological book, uh, the book of Romans is. But when he gets to chapter 14 and 15, he gets really practical and talks about how to live out what he's been talking about for the saints there in Rome and even for the not just the Gentiles but for the for the the. the the people of Israel. And we come to, in chapter 15, we're going to read some of that practical part of it because it's what leads us to get the hope that we find in verse 13. Verse 13, chapter 15. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive that. I'm going to read starting verse 1 in just a second, but I want you to get verse 13 before we get there. Now, this is a blessing. Paul, he, he, he now moves to a blessing. He's been talking theology. 
and, and, and he came to some practical things in chapter 14 and the beginning of 15, but he comes to a point where he speaks a blessing over them. So receive this blessing. It's for you too. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's just break that down first and then we'll come back and get the, 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 the central focus of the whole message here today. I, I, I've been praying saying, Lord, what is it that we need? And I believe he's been saying to me for weeks now, hope, hope, hope. And, and some of it's for us. We need to receive hope because you can't give hope if you hadn't got hope. You can't give what you haven't got. So please receive hope from this passage so that you can give hope out there in the world as we've been talking about what the atmosphere is like out there. So let's break it down quickly. There's five things there, and there's no acronym with this. I know that I'm hopelessly, some of you are probably going to come up one just to humor me. But there's, there's five things I'd like for you to see here in this passage. He says, now may the God of hope, the God of hope, the God of hope, let that sink in. He is the God of hope. He is both the source of our hope and he's the object of our hope. The God of hope. What kind of God is he? He is the creator in Genesis chapter 1. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God that walked with Adam and Eve in the garden that desired relationship. And, and if we go through the whole Old Testament, we see over and over again the, uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the one that keeps the covenant promise not just to Abraham, but even through his children. And it passes on to us because we are truly of Abraham's seed because of the faith and our believing in Jesus. So he is the God of hope. Jesus reveals him as our, our he, he prays, when he prayed, he taught his disciples, our father, which art in heaven, He's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the God of our hope. He's our source. And, and the quality that we get in the blessed life, see, he speaks this blessing over us, is that we are filled with all joy. Look at that. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Filling means brimming over, not just full, but spilling over. Filled with all joy and peace. Joy, what kind of joy? The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. When we're weak, when we're weary, we can call out for the joy of the Lord. David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Do you have the joy of the Lord today? It's, it's absolutely crucial if you're going to get the hope of God. Hope is used twice in this verse. 
If you're gonna get the hope of God, you need to let him fill you with the joy of the Lord. We should be brimming over with it. Not just joy, but peace. With all joy and peace. Y'all, there's two angles of that peace. One is in salvation, we get peace with God. We have been at enmity with him and through Jesus and his death on the cross and his payment for our sin, we now can have right relationship with Father. Jesus is the way, the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. But through him, we have access to him. So he has given us peace with God in salvation. You know, as I was praying and thinking about this today, for several Sundays, at least five, every service, we, somebody was, was getting born again in this room. And, and oftentimes it was happening before uh, anybody got up and started reading scripture. People were getting healed even during the music time, during the worship time. And, and I, I came one Sunday and I just, I saw folks in the lobby there praying for each other. There was healing going on as you were ministering to each other. Y'all, we, we don't have the separation of clergy and laity. God's called us to be ministering that. But as I thought about this peace with God, I have to say, if today you have never been born again, today would be a great day for you to have that experience, to be born again. Because when you're born again, you get peace with God. Peace with God. But there's a second aspect of it that we get. We get the peace of God. Now, the peace with God is a part of salvation. But I want to submit to you that the peace of God has to do with sanctification, a cleaning up. Some people in this room right now are dealing with pain and struggles, hopelessness, issues, challenges that you're facing right now. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, now I have to, here I am going to Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 says this, may the God of peace, now we've shifted from God of hope to God of peace, may the God of peace sanctify you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, mind, will, and emotions, Y'all, he covers the whole thing. In fact, he says completely about four different ways in that, that one verse. But the God of peace is the one that leads us in sanctification, in the cleaning up, so that we can actually live in pain and live at peace at the same time, living in stereo. So the peace of God, when we get the peace of God, because we've had peace with God, and we start letting the peace of God permeate our being, what happens is, is you can't remove the pain. Okay, because if you go through a trauma, you can't undo the trauma. But you can get the peace of God into that pain, and what happens is, is the peace of God flushes out the toxins and the poisons of the pain. 
so that now we have the peace of God in the midst of our pain. Isn't that sweet? The world's not looking for someone that's got it all together that doesn't relate to the pain that they're going through. The world actually needs us to be people that recognize our pain but have had the peace of God clean it up, flush those toxins out, flush those poisons out so that we can live in pain and peace at the same time living in stereo. So the God of hope, may he fill you with all joy and peace. And how does it get there? The third thing, as you believe in him. That's the simple transaction, to believe in God, to trust him, to put our faith in him. I like when I'm talking about uh, putting our faith in God, I love to do the illustration where I can say, I believe this chair will hold me up. Do I really? Now, I believe this chair will hold me up. Do I really? Now, I believe this chair will hold me up. Do I really? Watch this. Now, I believe this chair will hold me up because I have surrendered myself to the strength of this chair. And that salvation and that sanctification where we surrender, a fresh surrender. That song that we sang a while ago, it's one of my favorite songs. I listen to it all the time. I wake up with it, I go to sleep with it. Surrender, a fresh surrender. Surrender in salvation, but surrender in sanctification. The way that we get this is to believe. In believing, we are receiving. In believing, it's empty hands reaching up to receive from him. That's how we receive. So now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him. Have you got this? Isn't this powerful? Oh, my word, this one verse is packed so that you may overflow with hope. This is the brimming over, filled up and overflowing with hope. If you want to be the answer to the challenge in the world around us that's looking for hope, we have it inside of us if we will go to the God of hope who fills you with joy and peace as we believe in him, that we may overflow with hope, spill over. That's the results of it. But then the fifth part is the, the source of all of this is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, it requires the Holy, we, are, we require the Holy Spirit to be able to even turn to God from our idols. We, we, to turn to God, it's a work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's a grace work. We turn to the cross and receive his grace for salvation. That's the Holy Spirit working in us in salvation. But for us to be able to carry the hope that we need to carry into the world, it must be by the power, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the power there in the Greek is dunamis, and, and, and it is what we get the word dynamite from. It doesn't mean it's dynamite. It's what we get the word 
dynamite from. But it is the source of the power within us comes from the Holy Spirit. So let's read that verse again, and then we'll read the passage. Kind of doing this backwards today. Verse 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You watch that video from yesterday and you will see what I'm talking about when you watch my Viking brother, Alan Hawkins, stomping on the floor and killing snakes at the service remembering his son. Y'all, there's a security that he has even in the pain that he's living in. And his whole family participated. Two of his daughters sang, the two, two remaining children sang a duet. I don't know how many folks were there, but y'all, it's the epitome of the security that we can find in God in challenging times. All right, so... Uh, Do we need hope? Does Mississippi State University need hope? I I heard that we're getting a new new coach. You putting some hope in a coach? Hope for a good one. Uh, Yeah, I saw that they already, I don't know if they've signed the deal or not, but they're pursuing somebody. Folks are hoping for a good coach so we can have a good outcome in our, our playing in the, in the SEC. Some folks are looking for hope financially. They're looking for something secure so that they can take, take care of their investments. And, and what we have, there's another SEC, not just the Southeastern Conference, but there's an SEC that, that, that people depend on, the Security Exchange Commission that watches over the investments and supposedly will secure your investments. Y'all, I want you to see an SEC in verses 1 through 12. I'll give it to you in just a second. Let's read the passage. So I've already given my, my uh, acronym. It's SEC. And it's in the SEC we will find hope. Verse 1, now we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Each one of us must please his neighbor for his, for his good to build him up. For even the Messiah did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. So he he gives us endurance and encouragement through the scriptures. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement allow you to live in harmony with one another according to the command of Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, with a united mind and voice. Therefore, accept one another, just as the Messiah also accepted you to the glory of God. For I say that Messiah became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises to the fathers, and so that Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, 
Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles, and I will sing psalms to your name. Again, it says, rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. All the people should praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear. The one who rises to rule the Gentiles, the Gentiles will hope in him. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Where does hope come from? Verse 3 and 4, read this. For even the Messiah did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written... The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. You have your S. The source of our encouragement and our hope must come from the word of God. Anything that downplays the authority of the written word of God is in contrast to the hope that God's wanting to give you. Be a people of the book. Read the scripture. Every day I'm trying to take photos that I've taken of God's creation and put scripture on it and send it out to various people. Y'all, the scripture, if you, if you don't come from the basis of what this written word, then our hope might just be weak. So let the scriptures be at the beginning of it. That's your S. What is the E? Can anybody guess what the E might be? E A C E A C Each other. Each other. If you look at this passage, it's all about walking in unity. If you look in chapter 14, you see some of the things that were going on there that he was trying to to say, watch it. I mean, we're talking about serious things like, do you eat the meat that has been used with idols or not? And, And he ends up saying, listen, you that are strong, give the care to the weaker ones. Who are the weaker ones? It's the ones that are offended. Tim, Tim Bowden did a sermon about this one time. It just struck me to the core. I think it was you that did that. Was it? Yeah. So, so uh, who is the weaker one? It's the one that gets offended. So those that are stronger need to give grace to the weaker. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Y'all, we've got the body of Christ against each other over things that really don't matter. It was Tim that came to me one time. He and one of the other elders were having some discussions. Every time I got around them, they were having discussions. Do you realize that your elders don't agree on a lot? And we're all strong. There are no yes men in there. And and I remember, he said, I've come to a conclusion about this issue. And I thought, oh, boy, because this comes from his stream that he comes from. And, and it's ingrained in him. And I said, well, what is it, Tim? He goes, I don't care. (laughs) I went, Lord Jesus, lay hands on everybody. (laughs) Y'all, there are things that we should divide over, and here they are. It's really just two. Don't add anything to the gospel. 
Let the gospel stand alone. Our salvation is in Jesus alone, by his blood alone. Right? If you make the gospel of grace a gospel of works, then that's something that we are worthy to divide over. In fact, Paul says, let them be condemned to hell. In fact, he said, if you try to add circumcision to the gospel, he said, I wish you'd slip with the knife and cut off more than just the foreskin because I don't want you reproducing. It's a serious thing to add something to the gospel of grace. We are about the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus. Y'all, that's our unity place. But there's a second thing that's worthy of dividing over, separating from, and that is living a lifestyle that brings reproach to that very gospel. So if we're living in a lifestyle that brings reproach to that, that's something that we should, we should take great care about. Debbie, I was, I was trying to preach my sermon to Debbie today, and she kept interrupting me with better stuff than I had. She was in Galatians chapter what? Chapter 5. Go, go read that. She may get a chance to read it yet. Y'all, Listen. We need, I think in these days where things are hopeless and it seems like the dark realm is attacking, I get calls from all over the world. Thank you, by the way, for releasing me. Y'all got it covered here. I don't have to be the pastor, you know. And Josiah has stepped in a lot and others have stepped in a lot to cover things, but don't just rely on him. You are set apart to do ministry yourselves. We all are to do that, right? But in this world, when things are so challenging, listen, the Lord has been saying to me, this is a time when I'm bringing a clean hands and pure heart to the saints. In the purging, in the challenges, let the Lord surrender to his sanctification. He's wanting to clean up our hands and our hearts so that he can use us to do great things. Let me, let me give you an illustration of something. A few weeks ago, Brent, Brent Wildman was preaching, and I got burned really quickly on about two or three things I said. You got to be careful what you say in here because you can have the freedom to say something, but you might get corrected on it. And, and I misread something he said, and I responded quickly, and then I thought about something. He was talking about God moves in a mysterious way. How many of you were here in that little back and forth? Uh, Y'all... <clears throat> Things I realized then were were strong. He made some strong statements. And one statement he made at the end, I was going, man, we can't go there because God's wanting to minister to folks right now. And so I didn't address it. But I want to tell you, he made a very strong statement. Brent Wildman made a very strong dogmatic statement. And given the right situation where I had time, I would have gotten up and gone, wow, Brent, that is really amazing that you believe that. The truth is, I don't. Do you realize that we as elders don't agree on everything, even on things that people think are very important? And the beauty of our relationship is in that diversity, even theologically, we get along. And the reason we do is because it's the simplicity of the gospel and it's living the life out that doesn't give license to sin. 
So we are unified. Somebody came up to me a few weeks ago and said, somebody's asked me if we believe in the rapture here at this church. And I said, well, that's a big question. And uh, they said, well, I want to answer. And I said, well, I just said one day the trump will sound and the dead in Christ will rise and those that are alive will go to meet him in the air. Now, if you want to, you can have an argument over this of when that's going to happen. But the fact is he's coming back and he's taking us up with him. And that can embrace a big line of theology that I am not going to argue over. I have argued about these things too much in the past, and it doesn't do any good. I've never seen anybody changed by those arguments. I've only seen people get more entrenched and build their boundaries around themselves that are not Jesus, and they build that circle around themselves to keep you out. Y'all, here's the conclusion I came to. You can't fight somebody that's hugging you. So just hug them and love them and go, hey, well, God, you're going to have to take care of that. Now, if it's about the gospel of grace, I'm going to be all over that. If it's about living a lifestyle that is a reproach to that gospel of grace, I'm going to be on that. But if somebody draws a circle to exclude me theologically, I simply draw a circle bigger than theirs that includes them. That's the way you handle it. Would you stop the arguing? Stop it. And let God do the work in those people. Well, I believe that everybody should be healed. Really? Okay. I'll tell you what. I've had pastors groups. We had all the different denominations, and, and we had charismatics and anti-charismatics in the same room. But we were focused on Jesus, and y'all, over the years, when somebody got sick or injured in the home of an anti-charismatic, guess who they call? It's okay. Don't argue about those things. Make your relationship simply about Jesus. That's what this is saying. Each other is a source of our hope. If, if you are destroying your brother, you may be coming against somebody that should be encouraging you one day. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2. He says, I, I regret what I said in the other book because I've made those sad who were there to supposedly make me glad. Stop it. For us to have hope, we need to, have, we need to be anchored in God's word and we need to be walking with each other. And sorry for you there in Facebook Live or YouTube Live right now. We love you, but you need to be in here. We need you with skin on you and you need us with skin on us. We need to be together, and it needs to be more than just a Sunday morning thing. This is the broad funnel that leads to the deeper relationships in the week. Somebody asked me, how do I join New Horizons? I went, I don't know. I'm not sure we even have a process for that. But I will tell you this. 
You need to be involved in some kind of small group where you walk out what you get on Sunday morning. Because we're not going to do the, the churchy thing, the religious thing, where we just come together and then say bye until next week. We need each other in this time of hopelessness to see the hope come about in us. Last thing, we got S and we got E. C, what's C? What? Christ, that's a good answer, but it's not it. What? Command, that's a good answer, but that's not it. Thought you said it. C-O? Oh, that's a good one too. No, this is good. C-O-M-I? C-O-M-I? That's good. N? What? Yeah, you said it. Did, did you say coming? Well, it's coming. It's coming. In that passage, it says there will be a branch that springs up from the root of Jesse. It's from Isaiah chapter 11. It's the promise of the coming of Jesus at Christmas. We're done with Thanksgiving. Now it's Christmas time. The kids are going to have their program this next week. Y'all to celebrate. The Christmas carols. Listen to this, O Holy Night. It was originally a French poem made into English. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Rejoices at his coming. The peace at his coming. The hope of his coming. And listen, dear saints, First and Second Thessalonians says that he's coming again. And in his second coming, there is hope. We can be a people of hope because of the scriptures, because of our relationships with each other, even though we're very different. And because the, the, the one who came is coming back and we have hope. Let me read that verse 13 one more time. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Get out there. Jump into the world. And let's be a healing church in a hurting world. Let's be hope dealers. Get your rope-a-dope on with the hope. Hope a rope. Rope holders dropping folks down in the to the presence of Jesus. That's rope-a-dope right there. That's a rope of hope. I've never said that before. <laughs> Y'all, you're smiling and laughing. The joy of the Lord is on you. The peace of God is in you because we've looked at the scriptures and we've got hope and we're walking together and we've got hope. Let's get out there and share the love of Jesus. You step into the room and bring the hope of Jesus to everybody around you. Sorry, baby, you didn't get to read Galatians 5, but y'all, what one of the verses? 14 and 15 of Galatians 5. Y'all go read that. It's better than what I just gave you.
That's the word of the Lord. Now, may you receive from the God of hope right now. Receive from him. Just just put yourself in receiving mode. You can't give what you hadn't got. Oh, you got the scripture up on the screen now. (laughs) That's not us. We're not biting and devouring one another. I speak the joy and peace of God over every saint in this room. Thank you, Lord. And may you receive a fresh overflowing of hope in your life that would spill over to others by the power of the Holy Spirit. So would you just receive Holy Spirit again right now? Just say, Holy Spirit, I receive you. Yeah, I'm asking you to say it out loud. Holy Spirit, I receive you. Say it one more time. Holy Spirit, I receive you. It's by his power that we have hope, that we have joy and peace. Thank you, Lord. I just, uh, as I gave Jake that word earlier about um, Jacob and when he was wrestling with God and he touched his hip and he walked with a limp. And I just felt as dad was speaking, sometimes we can see these challenges or these things that we have, may have in our life and it distracts us from the hope that we have in Christ and because we think that we walk with this limp. And that limp that Jacob walked with, it wasn't a punishment. It wasn't a something bad. It was actually more like a medal. It's saying, I've been in the presence with God. This is part of the process of, of where I had to go so that I could walk in relationship with God. And so I just want to speak out where the enemy is lying to you about what your, your challenges are, what you're being touched in the hip is. That is not a punishment and it is not a reason to not believe that the hope is real. And so I just, I felt like I was supposed to just speak out against the enemy in that. Those challenges, what, whatever it's depression, whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life that causes you to question if this hope is real that is not from God that is from the enemy and so I'm just going to speak out against that real quick and uh Satan we just tell you be gone like you you are the father of lies and what God what you meant for bad God is going to use for good and so those things that are are in our lives that are, are stealing our hope that are stealing our joy and stealing our peace we tell you to be gone from that situation we recognize that that may still be there we may still walk with a limp but that does not detract from the hope we have because he is the God of hope and so we just command and you right now in the name of Jesus to be gone. You have no power over us and you, you are not going to believe your lies anymore. And we're going to stand on the hope that we have seen in the scriptures and that we've experienced in God's faithfulness. I also felt like I was supposed to say that there are people here again today that may not have uh, experienced what dad has been talking about. And I challenge you. I'm not, we're not going to, I know we've already gone over time, but I challenge you, come and talk to me because today can be the day of your salvation. Today can be the day where you actually walk into experiencing that hope. All right. I think, I think we're done now. Encourage one another, pray for one another, encourage one another in the week. And y'all, service begins right now. Let's go get them.